From the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is the Potomac Book Club. All right, so we're starting off the second book club here at Potomac Fund Management. Um, about six weeks ago, we read the Ritz-Carlton book, Excellence Wins, um, picked by Manish. And this, this book club round was my turn. I chose the book, Delivering Happiness, A Path to Profits, Passion, and Purpose by Tony Shea. Uh, here's what the book looks like. Um, I picked it because I, I'm pretty sure it sat on a bookshelf in our home office for a few years and I always thought I wanted to read it, but never actually did. So when Manish had this idea for a book club to force us all to read books like this, I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> I also, it came front of mind with his recent, his recent death, which I did Google about halfway through the book and I really wish I didn't because it kind of changed how I felt about the book. So I had a similar experience, that. actually, because I was halfway through the book and I was like, wait, isn't this the guy? And sure enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of changed how I felt about everything. Yeah, <laughs> so everybody's probably busy Googling now. But in a similar format to last. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little, it's a very tragic story. And uh, for me, it was unexpected after reading half the book that it would end that way. But um, anyway, in a similar format to last uh, month or six weeks ago when Manish went around, I'm going to start with the marketing team. There was a lot of takeaways in this book for customer service and culture. So I'm really interested to hear what the marketing team's takeaways and favorite parts were. So I'll start with you, Christopher. All right. So... Uh, hands down, my favorite moment in the book um, is the pizza story. So he he's he's at he's at a conference, and uh, they all go out drinking afterwards, and they get back to the hotel, and they really want pizza, but it's so late that everywhere is closed, and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" And somebody makes the like joke suggestion you should call Zappos and see if they can order a pizza and someone does because they have 24 7 live phone support and the rep was like what and they're like hold on and put them on hold for a minute and come back and they have like five places that you can get pizza that late at night when you're drunk in Santa Monica and the the author was like I almost didn't put this in the book because I don't want a bunch of people calling us asking where pizza is, but it was such a great story. And the woman that had placed the call was like, I am a lifelong customer. Like, who, how could you not become a life, lifelong customer if they get you pizza when you're drunk in the middle of the night? Like, amazing story. So, Do you think people did call? What was that? Do you think that people did actually call and with stupid requests after the book? Oh, I'm yeah, sure. I bet they did too. How, how, how could you not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's absolutely. see what they'll do next. But I thought, I mean, you know, what an amazing story. And the whole time I was reading the book, I kept thinking about, you never want to be the firm that's like, look at this great thing that we did. But we talk all the time about how we lead with service. And we don't have an opportunity to share some of those stories. And I'm hoping that when we, we go to our own conference and we get to talk to our people that that we get to do some of that. But I, just as a marketer, my, my wheels have been turning the whole time I was reading the book about, um, you know, 
what could we be doing better to share the level of commitment that our team has? Yeah, absolutely. I have some similar thoughts on that as well. Um, How about you, Martina? Again, Christopher had the same exact favorite moment in the book, just like the last book. However, I still want (laughs) to... Sure. uh, I literally have my book in front of me. Anyway, the point is that I want to add to this story um, that I just love. They go together. I just love how they don't have like scripts for whenever people call them and they just try to go with every single call it's going to be different they even said that one of the call was six hours long they just don't care how much it takes to actually either solve the issue or just talk with the customer they just care to go above and beyond and that just proves and shows how you know nowadays some companies call you and they just say exactly the same thing over and over and over again and this just shows that this company actually cares about their their customers and and building relationship because at the end that's what I value the most, which was actually very cool. And that pizza story is just one example of that, which I loved it. Yeah, for sure. And they valued everybody, not just the customers, but the vendors and the employees. Yeah. And that was really that's a really good way to do business, I think. Um, how about you, Jordan? What was your favorite? Uh, for me, it was something that I kind of personally resonated with, and that was um, kind of at every stop that he was at, there was kind of this pivotal intersection he was at where everybody on the outside looking in thought that he should go one direction with his decision and he'd be better off financially in all these different ways, but he kind of decided to lead with passion and bet on himself. Um, And that was just a situation I was in personally being in Japan. We had committed to be there for two years, but for um, certain reasons, we decided to cut that off at one. Um, and we came back in the middle of a pandemic broke with no job and a terrible job market. And, um, so, (laughs) yeah, so that kind of, uh, it resonated with me and it kind of validated my decision. I just appreciated the way he led with passion at every single stop he was at. Yeah. It, it, it turned out really well for you, right? Now you're here at Potomac with us. It it did. Yeah. If I had stayed, I would have been back two weeks ago. So I would not know what Potomac is. I'm very grateful. I made that decision. Well, we are too. Great. Um, so, Caitlin, you are actually more so on the front lines of the customer service. What was your biggest takeaway? So, I think my biggest takeaway from the book would have to be just how much he promoted culture um, and 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 family and um, just with everything he did. And it was so interesting to me how in the beginning. You know, just from when he was a small child, he was hustling. Like, his biggest goal was to mm-hmm. make money. And as he, you know, graduated college and got a, a good job and made it more than all of his friends, he realized, like, yeah, I'm bringing in money, but I'm not happy. I want to do something that makes me happy. Like, his main goal no longer was money. Um, and he kind of mm-hmm. changed his perspective um, of not making money, but you know, going after things he was passionate about. And I just thought it was super cool because in the end, he was, you know, a multimillionaire, um, just, you know, following his passion and his dreams and just, um, you know, revolving his work around that and not trying to make, you know, a dollar, but um, going out with what he was passionate about and even leaving companies you know that he started from the ground up when he when he realized that the culture has changed and he was no longer you know 
passionate about it anymore. That's That was definitely my main takeaway is just how much culture in the workplace and uh, individual happiness can really um, make all the difference. Yeah, if you think if you think about it like this, you spend as much, in fact, not only as much, probably more time at work than you do sleeping or any other thing in your life. So if you don't choose to do something that you can have some passion and have it be in an area with good culture, uh, that's sort of asking for a problem. <laughs> that's just pain, you know? Yeah, on that on that note, Jeff, do you want to talk about your biggest takeaway? Sure. Um, we'll see if I can do this without breaking down. Um, it's funny. We must all be hungry because two people already said a pizza story. And when you first said that, Christopher, I thought, you little rat <laughs> But I'm going to talk about a different pizza. I'm going to talk about a different pizza story, and that is uh, when he was in college. He, st- he and a friend started working at, at one uh, little restaurant, and then ended up taking over the pizza store on campus. And his biggest customer was a guy named Alfred, and the guy would come and buy a, a whole big, huge pizza every day. Well, after some time passed, he finally figured out Alfred was taking the pizza, going back to his uh, frat or whatever and selling the slices off one by one and making more money on that pizza than he was making, actually making the pizza and selling it. And so eventually <laughs> he ended up making him the CFO and COO of, of Zappos. Um, but for me, the story that resonated <clears throat> was the fact that, you know, it, it, Caitlin, you mentioned the hustle, right? And, and I laughed because when my son was in second grade, we got a call from the office. And he was in trouble because they, they couldn't figure out what was going on. They went and asked him to open up his school bag. And his school bag was full of probably 7 or $8 worth of quarters and change. And you're not supposed to have a bunch of money with you, right? They had a limit of a buck or two or whatever. Well, it turns out what he was doing was they sell pencils and pens in the hallway for a quarter. He was buying a bunch of those and then selling them to kids for 50 cents who, who couldn't get out of class or needed one. And I'm like, don't do that again, but bravo, bravo. So, um, you know, I can see there will be a day when you will not be on my ticket. Thank you very much. Um, now, unfortunately, he's 26. It hasn't happened yet. Nursing school's almost over. But, uh, yeah, at some point, I think he's figured out how to actually make a buck. So... Uh, anyway, that story resonated with me and, and obviously was a big pivoting point for, for Zappos as well. Yeah, absolutely. And now I kind of want to Google him too, though, and see where he is, yeah. Alfred. Yeah. Like, what became of him? Yeah. So, and I want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Manish, what was your favorite part or takeaway of the book? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I would say it's not a part, but it's, it, it, it's, kind of a story that ends with one line that I love the most. And if anyone follows me on Twitter, you'll know exactly why I love this. So uh, he started Link Exchange and, you know, that was his first company out of, um, I guess, when he dropped out of Oracle or left Oracle, starts his company, grows it, Sequoia Partners invest in it. You know, he's on his high ho- horse, he sells it. And then he's doing these incubators, you know, and, and gets into Zappos. Sequoia won't invest anymore. And his feelings are hurt, and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. He's trying to find his passion. And, you know, I hate that advice, like, you know, do what you love and you'll make money. I, you know, that's, listen, that, <laughs> that, that usually doesn't work out, right? You, you got to actually do what you're good at um, and, and, and learn to love it, right? And so 
as the story went on, the last line hit me the most. I'm going to read it straight from it. So, you know, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do, trying to figure out what he's passionate about. And then the last line on page 89, which I underlined, is I was passionate about proving everyone wrong. And the, the reason I say that is because it hits home with us. You know, uh, Jen and I were on a call with the TAMP software company and the guy said to us, why are you even trying? Why don't you just sell the firm to us and, you know, you can just manage money and we'll do everything. And I've never forgotten that call and I never will. And, you know, it, it, this hit home really hard because a lot of times it's where we are right now as a company, uh, the, the small nature of what we are and the behemoths that we're going after, you know, that resonated. I'm passionate about proving everyone wrong. And that was my favorite part. I think there's a there's a lot to be said for the fact that I think in this this day and age with all the merger and acquisitions and BS that's going on, it's like there's almost a lack of respect for the entrepreneurial uh, spirit. Like you want to build something and and actually enjoy that you built something, right? Not just oh I'm halfway there. Can I can I get somebody to give me some money? I mean, you know, just just build something. Just build something. Well, Jen, turning it on you. We're working uh, on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, turning it on you in terms of, uh, you know, you're emceeing this thing. So what, uh, let me let me toss it to you here. What, what was your favorite part? Uh, I think my favorite part is was the fact of how transparent he was. Um, I think a lot of employers just really aren't, or business owners are, are not. And with the layoffs and things like that, he really didn't sugarcoat it. And when we started some of our build in public and research, you know, and even before that with the, all the transparencies, offering reps to see our indicators and the things that you look at, I just felt like it was going to come back and bite us and and it really hasn't. It's I think everybody appreciates it because in this world today, there is just so much BS and people pumping you up and overselling and underperforming and um, so that to me, like really validated what we're doing here at Potomac and being transparent and saying this is who we are. You might not be a good fit and that's fine, but this is how we operate. So for me, that was really validating. Yeah. People. Uh, Perfect. People respect honesty. Go ahead. Kate. I was just saying people respect honesty. They can tell when you're being honest and it, it, it really resonates with them. Yeah, even in that last yeah, book. I mean, the whole de deliver. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Even in that last book, like owning up to your mistakes. Since we read that book, like there's been several issues that have come up that, you know, you just say, oh, I didn't realize or, oh, that was my mistake. And and I feel like people do want that instead of you trying to over explain and talk around how you made a mistake because everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. The best marriage advice I ever got was learn how to say sorry. Um, and so, uh, it comes in handy a lot. So, um, all right, let's wrap this up. Book club number two. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. It's on the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe, smash the like button. We will mail these out to, uh, I guess 12 random, 11 random people, um, pass it on, read it, you know, pass it on to someone else so they can enjoy this book. And Christopher is up next with the next round. Um, we have no idea what it is, but I'm sure we'll find out. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Bye. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.